0: As a woman who's aging, I thought I'm so fucking angry and tired of not seeing my demographic represented, if at all. If she is, she's not being represented usefully. I'm 55. I'm fucking cool. I know lots of women my age who are equally super cool. When you were my age, you would be cool too. We are no longer our parents, we are aging differently.
1: Hi, I'm Dan Brophy, and welcome to Quit Your Day Job, a podcast for frustrated creatives. How do you turn what you love into what you do? Well, each episode, I'll talk to my favorite creatives to discuss the tools and tricks associated with turning your passion into a career. Here at Quit Your Day Job, we believe that the pursuit of what you love is just a process and one that is available to anyone. So what are you waiting for? Your journey to feeling more connected to who you are and what you do starts now. For as long as I've known her, Nell Brady has been a stylist. However, in the last couple of years, she's made the transition to modelling. And while this doesn't sound too unusual in this era of the slashy, What is unique about this situation is that Mel is in her mid-50s, which has meant she's had to add another slash to her career catchphrase, activist. Because, I found out, being a woman in your 50s who decides not to fade into sexless oblivion is an act of social rebellion, particularly, it would seem, in the eyes of the media. And thus the Embrace Age movement was born, in which Mel has rallied women from around the world to share their ideas of just how they choose to see themselves and to be seen through the eyes of the media. I wanted to talk to Mel about the growing popularity of this Grey Roots movement and the career in styling and image making that got her to this place of proudly authoring her own content. This is a great episode for anyone who's looking to use their skills to forge not only a career but a path towards the change they want to see in the world. Before we get down to the interview, if you like the show, can you do what you can to spread the love? You could write a review and rate it on iTunes. You could share it to your Facebook page. You can screen capture it and post it to your Instagram stories. Or simply share it via text message with someone who may find it inspiring. And now here's my chat with Mel Brady, stylist, Slash model, slash embrace age activist. So Ms. Brady, Mel Brady, thank you for joining me.
0: Oh Dan Brophy, it's a pleasure to be here.
1: So I, I like to start by asking people, when someone says, What do you do? What do you tell them?
0: Goodness. I think the first thing I say to people is, I make things beautiful.
1: And if they pry, how do you make them? what are you what are you making beautiful? <laughs>
0: it's hard to explain. Um when I first started styling, it wasn't invented. So, people always thought you were a hairstylist, and I think now um, there's a plethora of stylists in the world. Everybody's a bloody stylist. Um, but as an advertising sort of retail stylist, um, I make shit shine. You know, I always think when you're an editorial stylist, it's easy to make beautiful, beautiful, but it's much harder to polish a turd. So, that is my skill, um, quite simply put.
1: Polishing turds. Polishing turds, yeah, expert. And so has that been something that has... Because you would have started working in that space when it didn't have that name attached to it. Mm -hmm. Were you calling... what, What would your boss have said that you did to get you into that space to start calling yourself a stylist?
0: Well, it kind of... I mean, I think I was 21. So I ran away from Tasmania when I was 18 to model. And I never... Um, I just didn't have the confidence to model. I was young and beautiful, but I didn't have any confidence in myself. Um, And a photographer that shot me a little bit um, when I was about 20 said, um, well, he had, he actually had been away to Italy and I think it was about 1980, 1981, he'd been to Italy and he'd come back with the concept of a stylist because as a model back then models used to style themselves. We would turn up with accessories and shoes and um, TV, season, and film were a little bit different. You had wardrobe people but stills were, um, stylists didn't exist. So when he came back from Italy he said you should work for me, um, this is what it would be. And so I did for a couple of years in my early 20s work with him producing, location hunting, piecing together shoots, Wardrobe accessorizing, um, so I really um, was his right-hand woman, um, and he was a great teacher, Rodney Stewart. And a lot of photographers would know his name because he doesn't—he hasn't really taken photos in years, but he has taught photography quite to quite a few amazing photographers over the course of the last couple of decades. So that's sort of where I became a stylist, really, um, back in the day.
1: So you and I would have first. Intercepted each other when I was probably doing. You were a model I was doing modeling stuff. Hot. Still are, but and, anyway. And you would have been styling the the set that I was standing on, mm-hmm. the, the showing me what like the clothing to wear. You would have been choosing my accessories. Mm-hmm. Has your has has what I remember you doing been indicative of how your career has? Well, it's expanded. Looked since then. I mm.
0: think it's expanded. I mean, when I was in my twenties, my interest was in fashion, so there was a lot of sort of on figure stuff. Um, and then in my thirties, like I, I went and lived in Europe for six or seven years with my ex-husband, and I only did little bits and pieces of styling. So when I came back to Australia, when I was in my early thirties, I I struggled a bit because there are a lot of a lot more stylists, and that's when I sort of started going into homewares and. I stuck to retail and advertising, I thought for a long time about doing it in Sydney and becoming more editorial, it's much more fashion, but I kind of, um, there was a bit too much bullshit at that time for me and I'm a bit too down to earth and I'm not a great spin doctor, so I kind of stayed in Melbourne and stepped into still advertising but homewares, lifestyle, Um, styling a home, the things in it, the people using things in a home. It became amplified and that's probably um, a lot of what I do nowadays. It could be macro, it could be micro, going from doing food or jewellery or cosmetics um, and then macro, building massive room sets for you know major furniture companies or going into amazing display homes and taking out the furniture and you know putting my clients' furniture in its place. So um, I think it's expanded for me so much now that I definitely knock a lot of things back. I have a moral compass as well about now I can pick and choose what I want to style. Um, I could probably make a hell of a lot more money if I didn't do that but money has never really been a massive goal um, for me so I I, every day is different as far as styling goes from the micro to the macro Um, sometimes people sometimes without people Uh, and that's cool
1: so I mean the idea of being a stylist is so known now that people do aspire to it and I believe that you could even decide that you wanted to do that in tertiary education and steer yourself in that direction yeah
0: pretty much yeah absolutely there are styling schools all over the place and I know your friend Megan Morton is one of the very few people who I could actually admire and respect and go yeah like you're really going to learn something from that woman because she's overloaded with talent and expertise and um and has a beautiful heart um but I think there's a lot of people out there who really are robbers who, you know, in a lot of ways, if you can't get on board something like Megan, um, you would be better off coming through the assisting route and, you know, doing some work experience for someone like me or plenty of other people like me um, and then doing paid assisting and sort of going from there because you're actually on the job and you can see something. So I see a lot of these schools and I think, hmm, yeah. I don't think that's ever going to transpose into real work. But having said that, Dan... You know, I've trained a lot of stylists over the years, mentored many, many great people. Um, and I think there is a plethora of people who call themselves stylists and they get work. You know, They're taking my work because it's diluted, I think. You know, people, you get what you pay for and if people only want to pay so much, then that's what they get. So certainly I've lost a lot of work um, to people who have you know t- 10% of my experience but it doesn't seem to matter anymore
1: and so when you and you are looking at the work of a stylist who is more experienced and versus someone who's just starting out what the, is there a richness to the work or is there is it is it more of a case of you're able to respond to this sort of creative problem solving that the All job presents that.
0: absolutely and, and, and in life that makes total sense, the more experience that you have. So I'm a great art director, a client can book me direct and they'll get art direction thrown in. Um, my production you know, value as far as looking at what we have to get through, I can sit and listen to a brief and be told by the client that it's, oh, it's just a day's pre-production and it's a day shoot and oh, you won't need any post-production and then I'll ask all the questions in the known universe, I'll, I'll look at all of the blanks of the information. And I'll just keep asking and asking questions. And I think when I mentor people, I really press that point. Don't sit there and nod your head and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then walk away from a brief and go, holy fuck. What? I don't exactly understand what I have to do. Well, you're a bloody idiot, aren't you? Because you should have just kept asking the questions until when you walk away from that brief, you totally know what you have to do. You're completely in line with what the client wants. And you can quote on that and go, well, actually, in my experience, that would be at least two days pre-production. That is a day and a half, so that's a 12-hour shoot day, so it's not an eight-hour day, and would probably need at least a day's post-production. And I would say an assistant on top of that. So I would quote for that, and if they're not happy with that, bugger them. No, no, in the, is the short answer. If it looks like a duck and it cracks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. Yeah.
1: I had a really similar thing last week where someone called me the day before a shoot that they needed to find someone oh, to, cool. to to do yep. and it's those instances where and i mean we're 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 pretty much in the gig economy now mm-hmm. whether we like it or not where people are working job for job if not yet then very very soon people will, will be more working in this capacity and the idea of Clients who have no idea what they're asking Ooh, is, a, scary is, is, is really c- scary. common, and it and I very quickly realised that it's not the client is hiring you; therefore, they can make demands, and you have to just work with what they're giving you. It, it's such a mutual engagement where you are as responsible as the service provider to challenge and provoke a response and question, because I also when I was when I eventually said no to this ridiculous offer that I got to work last week where it was one of those we know it's no money and we know it's in 24 hours and we Mm. know and the moment I asked even like a small handful of questions as to what was what they were hoping to achieve with nothing nothing with with no it's not realistic it wasn't realistic and I I just recognized that the moment I say yes to this, all of your problems become my problem nothing and I and I and, and and then there's the promise of, well, this will be the beginning of an
0: Oh, God, don't give me this would be the beginning of a great relationship. I mean, so I've if you just do us this times, solid, sure.
1: then it'll be okay. And I, and it's yeah. one of those things where I was like, a, a, a more green version of myself would have would, said would have yes. Gone yes.
0: And a more green version of yourself, you know, should have said yes. Because there's all of those that promissory stuff about this is going to be amazing and we could build, you know, a great relationship. But I've also come to learn once you have experience under your belt. Somebody um, asked me to do a speaking thing because you know now I wear more than just one hat as a stylist. So as a model and as a writer and and, and an influencer to talk about embracing age, I get offered a lot of things for no money. And I do have a community mind about this. But conversely, you must charge something because it it puts a value on your experience so you, you must be, even if it's a dollar, you have to be paid something past a certain point. You can't continue to do stuff for free unless it's for a charity.
1: I, I also think it's really worth invoicing someone the amount that they should be charged, then deducting mm. what you're not charging them so right they, can, they can see on paper. The value. Oh, actually, this is a $3,000 offering that I'm getting for $50. And now that they, because... Unless it's in, unless they can see it itemized in front of them, you'll become a free commodity.
0: Yes. And that, that's what I'm saying. If you don't value yourself, then other people don't put a value on, on, you know, on your experience. And I, and I think that's super important. And at 55, I've only just realized that. I had a friend last year start to school me on the law of attraction. So I have wonderful work in wonderful ways and I give wonderful service for wonderful pay. And you can say I have wonderful work and wonderful ways. But if you don't add on and I give wonderful service for wonderful pay, you are going to attract all sorts of work into your life. But at the end of the day, the payment can go astray. So I think you need to kind of visualise all of it. And I do think it's really important that you put value on yourself as a sign of self-respect.
1: I lo- I'm very excited to talk to you about this new series of hats that you're wearing and I, from my own experience of observing your, so for me, I've I've observed it primarily through your Instagram feed mm-hmm. and it was a very sort of uh, age, age and beauty celebration that seemed to commence <laughs> about, what, maybe two years three ago, years three ago, years yeah. ago. And, up three years. and what I observed was the ideas that are there now to almost eighteen thousand viewers on that in that space were there absolutely in the embryonic stages when it was to a couple of hundred participants or viewers. Yep. It was an ethos and a celebration and a practical expression of these things. You're not just telling me you're beautiful, but you're showing me all the ways in which this works. And and instantly over time, as I've been tuning in, been getting, I've personally been getting more excited (laughs) and like, yeah, right on. This just feels like, this feels like a political movement that I'm partaking in. I love it. It So what, tell me about the origins of it and where it came from and where it started and, and how it's blossomed.
0: Well, not many people know, or people in my industry know that I had an awful accident. But I think it's about eight years ago now. Um, I had a terrible accident, smashed my dominant hand into tiny little pieces, and I couldn't um, use my hand. I couldn't touch my face. I was left with a craw, pretty much. Um, And it was a long and very arduous recovery. Um... I had six months of work. I wondered whether I'd ever hold a pin, let alone a pair of scissors or anything else again. And at the time I um, had been, what was I, kind of mid 40s, mid to late 40s. I had been looking in the mirror as a woman entering into her 40s and kind of not really liking what I was seeing. It's, it's difficult to, for those that, as you get older, As you age you don't feel any different so you look in the mirror and it can be quite a shock especially if you're like me and you've leveraged off your beauty which you know I have I've leveraged off my beauty my entire life Um, and I pretended to be confident so at that time frame I had been dying my hair for 30 years um, and my regrowth would show within three days because you know the top half of my head pretty white. So I decided to shave my head. Who's going to see? I thought to myself. So I shaved my head um, and people go, gasp, gasp from the crowd. I didn't have long hair at that stage. I had quite short hair because that was easier to disguise the grey. So I shaved my head and I started growing out this amazing silver hair. So that was incredible. And I kept sort of growing it, thinking, wow, this is pretty. And I tried Botox when I was 40, and I hated it. I tried it again when I was 45, just prior to this. And it was awful. I felt, you know, I've got a picture I've never shown anyone where I look like the the fucking Joker. It was disgusting. So I tend to think that the universe knocked me down for a reason, and I'm the kind of person who... um, I'm a very stubborn person, and it takes a lot for me to pay attention, take notice. So I really feel like the accident... As terrible as it was, penultimately it sent me bankrupt. Um, And I'm still bearing the ramifications of that bankruptcy. It took a long time for me to recover the use of my arm. So as my hair was growing, I eventually, it took some five years to, to claim bankruptcy. And my bankruptcy only actually just ended last year. So during the whole time of sort of growing my hair, a couple of years in I was styling for Target who I've done a lot of styling for over the years and they asked me so it was three years ago they asked me to wear a pair of $10 jeans and I was like wow you know and it wasn't really the crew that asked me to do it because everybody knows me it was a an Irish marketing dude who was fresh didn't know me could see that I was a stylist and so they're looking for someone with silver hair and nobody that knows me was looking at me. And he was like, well, God, what about Mel Brady? And everybody kind of looked at me and went, oh, what about Mel Brady? And I, I said yes because I found it kind of funny that as I age, I, in my 50s, I don't give a fuck what people think anymore. And the non-confident girl of 18 who couldn't own her beauty... Um, transformed. So I wore the $10 jeans not very long after that. Kept styling, of course. Um, Not very long after that, Target asked me to wear a bikini. No, don't wear a bikini in real life. I wore this fucking bikini and it was one of those moments where you wake up in the morning and you go, mother of God, look who's wearing a bikini, HuffPost USA today, all over the world. Just Crazy. And the thing about that bikini is it was a campaign that Target did, yay for everybody. And it wasn't just about age diversity. It was about race diversity. It was about size diversity. Because I see this push for older um, people to be featured in advertising in the same way that Curvy Girls have really pushed the envelope. So as that kind of happened, I started to model a little bit and I joined an agency, but I had some deal breakers. And I thought, as a stylist of 30-something years, I know better than anybody that we'll take a 20-something and we'll you know, give her an old-fashioned hairdo and make her look 40-something. Or we'll take a 40-something and we'll put her in the granny 90s and make her 70-something. And as a woman who's ageing, I thought, I'm so fucking angry and tired of not seeing my demographic represented, if at all. If she is, she's not being represented youthfully. And it just seemed like a light bulb moment that my sliding door moment of that accident that had slapped me down to the ground, I realized that, wow, I'm such an incredibly strong person because I created this whole thing out of such a terrible time, and that's kind of like the the start of it now that's led me to. Leave the modeling agency, join another one who were just filled with promises. Nothing happened there at the moment. I don't actually have a modeling agency. I represent myself because people still don't understand the deal breakers I have. No lace funded nanny nighties, no incontinence products and no retirement homes. I'm 55. I'm fucking cool. I'm super cool. I know lots of women my age who are equally super cool. When you were my age, you would be cool too. We are no longer our parents. We are ageing differently. So I am not the only one. You may well have noticed in the last three years that I've been doing this, and this is what I knew, knew, knew to be true, that I'm not alone around the world, and I have gathered through social media many, many women, Marianne in New York, Hillary in Miami, Nikki in London, Deborah in South Africa, Petra in Germany, you know, there are thousands of older women out there now there were also hundreds of thousands if not millions of women growing out their naturally beautiful silver hair because the granny gray hair trend is the longest running hair trend known to man still going so if young women are torturing their hair into a state of grayness what the fuck are we doing covering up our natural crowning glory and I'm I just see it everywhere now i go to women and i'm like i just want to take pictures of them and go and i probably will that's kind of on my list of things to do but so now mel brady stylist is mel brady model and model is a really loose term because i i'm still a pretender i pretend to model people think that i'm a model i'm not quite five foot eight um i don't really have the body of a model. Um, I pretend, I'm a great frickin' pretender, I can act the model, I can put on a pair of high heels and give you my best angle and you'll be blown, like I'll blow you away with my incredible beauty. And if anyone looks at my Instagram and sees the curated kind of versions of shoots that I arrange for myself, you'll see my two best angles and I work the fuck out of that, that's like, you know, I'm not a classic model beauty, but I'm beautiful. But my beauty comes from my spirit and I reckon... It's the spirit that drives the vehicle. And spirit is never ages. So from a toddler to, you know, a pensioner, you can kill your spirits like Peter Pan, you know, if you don't believe. If you stop believing in your spirit, you will look old and the light will die from your eyes. So when people look at me, my light and my spirit are shining through my eyes and my enthusiasm Makes me young and makes me beautiful. So, as I tell my followers and women my own age, take a step away from the mirror. I mean, I'm all all the way down the end of the hallway now, you know, and smiling, and I'm looking at the bigger picture that's me. And the bigger picture that's me doesn't need Botox or a facelift or, you know, of course I want to be my best self. And that's what I say to my followers be your best self, tweak yourself. I'm not saying don't do Botox. I'm just saying don't be upsold by people who just want to take your money and go, oh, while you're down there, look, we can do something about that. And a woman who's being vulnerable or a man talking to an expert will go, really? Oh, my God, let's do something about that. Like, I see people deforming themselves and it really bothers me. I see young women deforming themselves and, you know, who I'm talking about, they have lost their uniqueness. It is our uniqueness and our imperfection that makes us human. So really, my bottom line on what I'm trying to do, and I'd love a TV show or a panel to discuss this with experts, something happened when we shifted from analogue to digital. And because I started styling back in the day in an analogue world, and I now work fully in a digital world, and I have a really deep understanding of that, more so than... Other models in inverted commas, my age, I'm coming at it from a from a completely different perspective than just sort of being beautiful and getting accolades for that beauty. I see in another 50 years time, we will have lost our humanity completely. We need to discuss what we gained with digital, but conversely, what we lost. And we've lost our uniqueness, we've lost our humanity. We judge everything by its cover. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to talk about. I think if I can grow up an army of women my age, you know, I'm 55, 45 to 65 is my kind of demographic. We can set a better example for our sisters and for our daughters, that they have more older women in advertising, in beauty, you know, skin care, all of this sort of stuff, they will have people and women, men, they can look up to and go, I'm not afraid of ageing. There is much to look forward to. And bloody hell, there's much to look forward to. I'm so comfortable in my skin compared to the way that I was when I was a kid. It's, I wouldn't go back for anything at all. And I think that sends a message. In life, you want to be the best version of yourself. Of course you do. But you don't want to make judgment on the way people look. So, you know, I, I run a really kind of thin line um, where people might look at me and think, like my dear brother, that I, you know, before we started talking um, in the interview, who thinks that I'm some narcissist. Um, but in actual fact, I'm the utter opposite of that. I have so much empathy to put my feet in somebody else's position and go, shit, how must that feel? I want to make people feel better about themselves. So I could take all of this and leverage, you know, I have no money. I'm just come out of bankruptcy. I haven't been able to travel. I just got a passport. Yay. So at some stage in the near future, I'll be looking for sponsorship that will enable me to travel. I want to travel. I want to interview older, confident women all over the world, the women that I've connected um, to through social media. I want to interview them similar to the way you do with your podcast. Um, except on video and I want to talk to them I want to get their their um, hacks I want to speak to them and find out from my own perspective but for all of the women who follow me to listen to and to understand what other women have done um, to feel great about themselves as they move into the best time of their life, I suppose. And now I write about it. I've written for Mama Mia and I've written for quite a few publications and I hope to do much more of that as well.
1: It's funny how tribal human beings are that we just need to know that there are other people who have either gone through what we're going through or who are there doing it alongside of us. As you were describing your feeling about being 55, I was thinking about my mum who's just turned fifty. Nine, And so she's not going to mind me saying that because she actively says, I have never felt better. Mm. I'm in the prime of my life.
0: I've seen pictures of your mum on your social media and she's hot. I
1: mean, she's, she's always hot. been yeah. smoking and she continues yeah. to be. She also hasn't had any real temptation, any temptation at all to do any sort of enhancing... Although I'm always like, if you want to, yeah, I've got yeah. friends who do no it. Judgment. Like you know, you let yeah. me know. good people. And and yeah, just you just get the best work from the best people. And, and well,
0: she might when she gets into her sixties. And I'm not saying never either. You know.
1: So I I think that the the knee-joke of like the the preem the preemptive fear of what might go wrong is not necessarily the best reason to do it. I think you can yeah. even you know my friend who's, who's doctor who's a doctor who specialises in it would be. Tisking at me and saying, that's exactly when you should do it pre- pre- preemptively. Yes, preemptively.
0: But. And then preventative Botox and all that mm. sort of stuff. But I think that that for me goes down the path of, well...
1: What are you afraid of? Or
0: No amount of change in the outside is going to make you feel differently about yourself on the inside. These are things that I've learned. So there's a temptation for people who are preemptive and who are so fearful of their wrinkles and, a, and who are kind of doing preventative stuff You know, drink lots of water, um, you know, look after your skin. But I think you've got to know deep down inside why you're unhappy if you are unhappy. Because no matter what you do on the outside, it's never really going to be enough. And that leads to, I think, you know, I'm no psychologist, but I think there's some issues as we age, you know, from 20s into 30s can be quite a shock.
1: Well, I also noticed generally what we do is we play our best hand in life and like you were saying you've always put your, your beauty forward as something that you've leveraged leveraged mm-hmm. and used in a social context to feel confident mm-hmm. and th- that's maybe the version that, that turns up to work first and foremost looking a certain way to then open the conversation look good, feel good look good, feel good and what I've observed with people in my life who've been ageing that they as certain systems start to shut down when all of a sudden one way of working doesn't work anymore they might have been used to working harder not smarter necessarily yeah. then they age to a degree that they can't rely on that level of limitless energy the way they maybe once did and then it just puts pressure on another system and then as that system shuts down because it's overloaded, then it all goes on to another system. And then the external system starts shutting down relationships and Mm. work and finances and things all start to crumble because your, your machine hasn't been running, you know, hasn't been optimized in terms of, you know, balance.
0: Look inside.
1: Mm. I, I can't help but think that it would be really worth if you, if you do recognize even as a younger person, you're someone who plays the, beauty sure. card, and um, th- Yeah, then, then maybe um, you've, done,
0: you've done it for sure. I mean, and yeah. it's hard not to when you're beautiful as you as you are. And also, world, the world, the
1: like people love thing. I mean, we're humans that respond to to aesthetics. Yes. So if you do get from the time you're a kid told a certain thing, especially when you're a really awkward teenager. Yep. That's going to give you so much reassurance that everything's going to be okay. Yep. Why would you not use that? Exactly. But I, I think it's actually really good to call it early and hopefully mm. not use, don't hang your hat on it entirely. Don't,
0: please don't hang your hat on it and it's something that I've really learned that it's not a good idea to build your daughters up and tell them that they're beautiful, they're pretty, they're princesses because this leads, this, this is a rabbit hole. Uh, it's much better to you know tell our children that they're smart or they're funny or they're kind because setting your child up to tell them that they're beautiful can only lead to trouble and i have been interviewing the unhappy women i just said before that i want to go and interview you know the confident women because i've been thinking about some kind of makeover show in the last sort of 3 months i've been interviewing women who aren't aging happily And one of the things that I have learned, and it's quite confronting, if you have leveraged your beauty from a young age, you will have much more difficulty in age, in ageing. You will look in the mirror and be so dissatisfied with yourself because not only are you aging, you no longer have the leverage that you had through your beauty. And that is an impact that's you know, I've spoken to women who don't leave the house.
1: It becomes an existential crisis. It's terrible. Because your, your entire system of self-worth is bound to that shattered. idea.
0: Absolutely shattered. And these are the women that go and have full facelifts, you know, in their 40s or like utterly destroy themselves because they think that if they could have that back. But you can't turn back the clock. I'm a great believer in... Look, that was yesterday let's move forward. Let's just move forward. Because, yes, it's great to look back and to understand, you know, what motivated you and how things transpired, and it's good to be reflective. But, you know, 90% of our time should be looking forward. How are we going to move forward? How are we going to move forward with faith, with confidence, with kindness? Um, Otherwise, yeah, we're kind of damned.
1: So as I've observed your... Instagram feed evolving and growing, and, and I observed the messaging has remained the same but almost become more multi-laid or multi-tiered. How have you found when you set out to create a space that discussed these ideas and put yourself forward as, in a sense, the face of this revolution? <laughs> um, what I mean, the, the people who are listening to this won't necessarily be championing this exact cause, no, but not I at all. feel like there's a nucleus of Truth that everyone would have in that they look around them and see something that they don't agree with or something that is not quite how how they believe it should be in the world, and they would feel like they wanted to do something about it. But oftentimes, people don't know how to begin to do something. You just be what you want to see. You you be. You be what you want to see in the world. You you
0: look. I think there there are different sorts of people. I probably to my own financial detriment. Don't place a lot of emphasis on money. Um, I married someone really wealthy when I was younger. I watched him spend all of that money, and it created a lot of problem. I've got a community mind, so not everybody is going to be what they want to see in the world. I could take all of my skill, and I could go and charge women thousands of dollars to make them over and to make them feel better about themselves as a personal stylist. I decided that's not what I want to do. I hope eventually that I will attract sponsorship from the back end, because I don't want to, if I'm going to be what I want to see in the world, then it has to be for everybody. So I've just totally got to sidetracked.
1: P.S. <laughs> I, I want you to do what you've described sponsored by some product that wants to be in the eyes of that 45 to 65-year-old woman. It will happen. Turning it into a content series that champions the experience for those who live regionally and far out suburbia who can't get access to a Mel Brady, but then can turn these ideas into their own personal transformational journey. Yes. That is absolutely an idea.
0: It is an idea. And between you and I, and now everybody else, Some months ago, before Christmas, I got together with a film company and we did an incredible document submission with a beautiful video attached to create a TV show for Embrace Age. And I put a lot of effort into it, as did they. Um, And just this past week, I've asked them to put it on the shelf for at least six months. Because I've approached a lot of sponsors, people who you would think would be interested in everything that I've been talking about but I can't get their attention. I really can't get their attention. Um, I don't have enough leverage and my partners in this don't believe in negative speak but the absolute truth is I don't have enough leverage. I need 20 times the, the followers, the leverage that I have to be able to attract the attention for the sponsorship that I want, to make the show so it's been quite confronting the last couple of months sort of looking at it and thinking you know what there are a lot of older women in in the world's eye in advertising but it's actually bringing back the old supermodels or Julianne Moore just modeling for you know triumph for us, or Isabella Rossellini just being brought back by Lancome at 65 to you know when she was told she was too old um, I wonder that the older women that we see in advertising are not for older women. The older women that we are seeing in advertising are more for younger women to go, oh, they look, you know,
1: they're cool. But also, I don't feel like everyone, so many people that work in advertising are not authoring ideas themselves. They're responding to briefs that have already had the target market and the mission already pre-burnt into it.
0: It is. And I've I've been put forward in the last year for a number of things. And got pretty damn excited about the possibility of going, yeah, that'd be amazing. And you know what? No, not used, not booked. And in fact, a major department store put interest out for me for something recently. And it didn't happen. But they, they are. It's just about to come out they went back to a woman that we all know in Australia, whose name I won't mention, but when you see it, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. And I'm so happy for that. Um, But she already has a face, like she's already very well known by most of Australia um, and has been pretty much in the media, um, although not seen as much. And look, the cool thing about it is I'm not competitive. I'm, I'm not like a young model and I'm competing for everybody else. I'm happy to see this happen. Um, I'm happy to see as many older women out there as possible. But it's not happening fast enough and it's not happening fundamentally for the right reasons. Young art directors kind of put me forward for something and go, oh, this is too amazing, look at her silver hair. And I just knocked something back again for a major department store for two years in a row. I've said, no, I won't do the nanny nineties. I would love to be in your Mother's Day catalogue wearing cool pyjamas, looking like Iris Apfel. Great. But I'm not going to do the ubiquitous lace-fronted 90-90 just because I have silver hair. Mm. You know? Just know.
1: So just as you were the driving force behind creating the space on Instagram to have the conversation begin, you didn't really wait for someone to create that platform and therefore and step into it. You made it. Maybe it's a case of doing what you've described—a yeah, show um, on your terms, yeah. in your space. It's not going to be the twenty times budget that you'd need for TV, but it could be the one no. twentieth budget that you. It'll can be a web threat. series. Yeah.
0: If I could attract, you know, an airline or somebody who would actually, you know, pay for travel or a hotel or something. No, that's exactly what I've realised. I have spent. You know, the last month buying lighting, a good camera, looking at studying um, my YouTube channel for Embrace Age. Because there are so many older women coming up now, there's a lot of stills imagery, but I do really think that the best platform for me to step into now is for people to get to know me, like get to know my face, to interact with my Facebook followers on Facebook Live, to, you know, talk about all of the things that I've written about and amplify it now myself. I'm a geek at heart. I figure that stuff out and that's what I've been doing. So I'm pretty excited um, that that's the way I want to move forward. And at the end of the day, for all of this, my styling has suffered because people look at the curation on my Instagram and they think, oh my God, Mel is so busy. Because I make it look amazing. Of course, who's not going to make it look amazing? That's what the fuck we do as creative people. Of course, we, you know, make it look amazing. If you build it, they will come, you know, all of that. But last year was probably my worst styling year because people don't chuck me the little bones. They used to chuck me as a stylist. And I'm like, holy mother of hell. You know, I'm dying over here in the corner. You know, I'm 55. I've got no superannuation. I'm not making a shit ton of money. I'm living my best life, but you know, I have to, I've learned how to ask for help. I've learned, you know, that's a really hard thing when you're so self-sufficient and you make everything happen. You would know that. So I had to sort of put up my hand to some clients and go, hey, you know, hello, hello over here. Instead of getting me to quote on a job, what's your budget? Can I do it for that? Am I not, am I not, you know, am I free? Yes, I'll do it for that. Good, great. So that's what I'm trying to do as well. Keep styling going. Make sure that people know that that is my main gig. You know, that's what I've done for 35 years now. There's, there's no real money in the other thing. Um, although last year I did get three commercials towards the end of the year and that, you know, Bonds, Kellogg's and Holden. And Holden gave me a car as an ambassador. Pretty proud of that. Um, so I'm trying to make money as a stylist doing what I do. I still have a passion for that. I will always have a passion for that. Being a turd polisher is pretty exciting stuff. You know, the worse the turd, the more beautiful you make it look. I mean, everybody's a winner. That's brilliant. Um, and I and everything else is all in my spare time. I am a single childless woman, so I have plenty of time.
1: I'm also interested in the idea that you've said a couple of times, like I've never prioritised money. And I don't think that as someone who... And I do think as someone who is... Interested in and, be- and celebrating of the law of attraction that there is any shame in articulating No, that.
0: oh no, I've been visualizing it to rain down on the top of me as <laughs> well, of last but... year since I started talking about law of attraction But that's when I got Holden Kellogg's and Absolutely. bonds um, And I realized that it's I had to really look at my fundamental my my understanding of money and that's when my friend said to me well you know, you keep on saying that money's not important to you, then it, it's not going to be important to you and you're not going to get any. And I'm like, well, oh, good, I am 55 and I do need to think about it. So it's not it's not that I don't want money. Of course, I, I want to be comfortable and I don't want to be, you know, having to work when I'm 90 when I can't bend over a flat lay anymore. Um, so of course it's important. And I did say... Earlier, when we were talking about people offering you those fabulous free jobs, you know, also, it'll be the making of you, Dan. Oh my God. It's, it. you know, you need to put a dollar figure on those things for self respect. So, yeah, look. But also, even in terms of conundrum.
1: having a proactive approach to those conversations, I mean, the reason I'm just over articulating it is because so many creative friends of ours and people in our creative brother and sister community have been sold the idea that they should not prioritise money if they are going to prioritise being a creative person. Mm -hmm. And I think that you buy into this fallacy very early on where you think I'm either going to be a successful financial person, an investment banker or an accountant or a barrister, or I'm going to be a creative person and And not not have the money that my other academic friends or other more traditionally careered friends will have. But I really think that that needs to change, and that needs to change in terms of, even those conversations like you described with clients in terms of going, well, this is show business, babe. <laughs> Let's, what's your budget for the year? Yeah. I'm a service provider. Yeah. What does a 12 month contract look like? Cause yeah. for me, as someone who makes content for brands, I was spending as long pitching on things that would last all year as I would, that would be singular and be yeah. over in a month's time. So I realized there was no point continuing to have these really piddly, you'd bend over backwards to yeah. get one thing over the line conversations. Yeah where it's like, actually, no, let's talk about your next six to 12 months. Yep. How can I give you efficiencies and economies in giving you more bang for your buck? As opposed to you or me having to then reestablish trust with every new client yep. or every new member of your team who I haven't worked with before. Let's let's you know, let's make let's put a ring on it. Smarter. Right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, you're a smart creative. You're a smart man. And I think it comes down to oftentimes creative people cannot have those sorts of business smarts. So there has to be, there definitely has to be a, you know, a marriage. Well, I'm that. saying that
1: as someone who has had my dad tell me consistently through my teens and twenties, you should do a business course. And me saying, no, dad, I'm a creative. Uh... Back off, dad. I'm just going <laughs> to live my creative life. You don't get me. But actually realizing, you no, know, I'm 35 now, uh, that I I want to be a boss. Yeah. And I want to be someone who is charging my creative you know, friends with work that they love because I'm able to be running the ship. Yeah. And it's really important to be empowered to do that. And that's actually, let's. I'd love to touch on your idea that your brother, but there would be many people in the Twitter scape and Instagram scape who would look at the work of someone who is really getting behind an idea, whether that idea be themselves or their image or their, you know, me as a M- brand. M- yeah. Me as a brand. And, uh, think that it was vainglorious and yep. self-indulgent and narcissistic, I've been very, I personally have been very able to totally get behind my ideas because I see that they're really important. What was that that process like for you going from, did you have any apprehension yourself? Am I being too narcissistic?
0: Absolutely. I, I still have apprehension about it all the time. When you look at my Instagram feed, as an older model slash model, I feed everything that I am into my Instagram. So if I just had picture after picture after picture of me, the way younger models do, or even older models that I know, I'd I'd be sick in my own mouth. It's just I just can't. It's just too much. But also,
1: that's not you. You I mean, you're Mel Brady,
0: stylist, writer, model. You know, so I post all sorts of. Now I create content myself. So I I try to to seed every side of who I am. And as a fifty five year old creative woman, you know, there's a lot of facets to me nowadays. So I think the people who follow me can, can kind of get a sense of that. Um, and you know that we look at the, the, the programs that tell us who unfollows us and follows us, and it's like we get all very bloody um, deep into that. I think putting myself forward, um, I had real fears about um, people judging me. And that's when I've come out of the other side of being trolled pretty badly, a number of times now, Um, so badly, a a while back last year, I sat on the couch for a week and just looked at the wall and didn't clean my teeth or brush my hair. I mean, I was horrified.
1: What do you mean? Horrified. Because people were so um, incensed that someone could be sharing ideas that were... Contradictory Just to the mat, to the norm,
0: women tearing other women down. Bring it on. Um,
1: See, I, I'm not a woman, but I yeah. my the contrarian in me says like, bring it on. Like, let's. It was like, it's,
0: it's part you 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 say that, but when it actually oh, yeah. when it actually happens to you. And what I did because I'm great at you know turning a negative into a positive. Um, I had been is uh, a, a fabulous woman in America who has a great Facebook page. She's got quarter of a million followers she had posted you know reposted quite a few of my pictures she posted this picture of me with a bit of cleavage Uh, i mean you've known me for years i've got a good rack if you've got it you know flaunt it um it was a picture that had actually been around for a while nothing ever negative said it attracted so many disgusting comments that she withdrew the picture and I said to her, you know, at the end of the day, those comments are more a reflection of those people and they're not a reflection of me. But what, what, what women tend to say to you is, oh, just ignore the haters, ignore the haters. And I came to this massive conclusion after sitting for a week on the couch that I wanted to address these women. Because I can't ignore, I, even the word haters is such a, you know, a visceral word. I mean, is it Because on, it sounds yeah, like what it is. Yeah. Oh, haters, horrible word. So I wrote an editorial for her to publish with another picture to address the women. I think she blocked 25 women or something, you know, which in the scheme of 250,000 followers isn't a lot. But um, people are invited to, to talk about the fashion not to personally tear down someone's physical look because, you know, they don't like boobs. What, what the hell is wrong with an older woman's boobs? Well, apparently it's a bloody no-no in some circles, that's for sure. Older women can't be sexualized. That's
1: this the is a, problem. This
0: is a real kind of thing, and I dread that fine line. So I got up off the couch and I wrote an editorial, and then it was picked up by Yahoo last year, and Yahoo um, did a story about... You know, women have to lift each other up, and we're going through a time. You know, time's up, and all of this stuff that's been happening. Me too. um And women can blame men for all sorts of things, and I kind of stand away from that. And I I think there's been a lot of sort of demonising and witch hunting and that sort of stuff. Because at the end of the day, it's women who tear down other women, and I want to know why. And I've got to the bottom of why women tear down women, and that's because they don't like themselves. They cannot stand to see an older, confident woman loving herself because they so desperately want that themselves. So they reach out and they tear down. And so I feel their pain, being the empathic person that I am. I can put myself in their shoes and go, holy fuck, this is why women tear each other down so it only cements in my mind what I need to do is to show other women that they don't need to tear down the confident women that they could be looking at confident women's stories and lifting themselves up from that and then that is when women will finally run the fucking world and n- not until so yep it's been really hard putting myself forward because I'm not a natural at it. So I, I have worked consciously really, really hard um, at, at putting, using my own visage to be what I wanna see in the world. And look, at the end of the day, if people think that I'm full of myself, then they don't know who I am. And I really believe now in the next months, this threshold that I'm gonna step over more into your realm you know, of the moving image and that kind of thing, that people will get to know me um, you know, at the moment, a lot of people only know me two dimensionally. Um, things that I write and I write the way I talk, um, but reaching out visibly, I'm scared because I'm going to be opening myself up to that kind of direct contact. Um, and you never know whether you're going to attract the good or the bad. But I'm all for it, and I'm excited by it. Uh, and I think that people will get to know me and. It'll gain more
1: traction or it won't. I I absolutely think it will because I forgot that if you don't know you in person like I do, (laughs) you don't instantly see the theatre behind the stills or the written word the way that you can feel having met you and having experienced a story being told by you. I think that actually it's kind of amazing for me to think that you don't currently exist videographically in abundance online. And I think that the moment that that happens it is the beginning that I mean that is that's the missing link from the proposition for the sponsors it is, yes. because I it's funny people don't trust that you can do something unless they can, so they can, can see can it, it and absolutely and it's yeah. the same same thing as any form of talent yeah. going for an audition or a model yeah. or an actor doing a casting they're never going to hire the person who hasn't proved that they can do it already because they need a sure thing yeah and if you are spoon feeding them the product yeah. in the form it's of It's like the you being thing. talent for
0: black magic, you know, those years ago or whatever. Yes, the last time you know, we worked together. retirement, kind of like, well, it's, and I'm saying to the client, because you're in Sydney, I'm saying to the client, he can, I mean, he's incredible. He's perfect for this. Like, you know, <laughs> what more do you need to understand that? Totally. You know? The last
1: time Mel and I worked together, I was being the talent in <laughs> a, an ad campaign for a camera. And because I was a model who was a cameraman. Yeah. I could be. I could feasibly hold the camera in <laughs> a way could. that sold the, the... synergy was ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah,
1: it uh, was perfect. Uh, well, I love to uh, end by asking people, if I was to check in with you in a year's time, what is a project that you would love to have nailed and done if I bump into you this time next year? And say, how's that thing going? And you're like, yes, done, nailed.
0: Well, um, I... I I hope that I'll I'll continue to style because it's such an amazing um, outlet for for my, you know, for my creative juices. But penultimately, I think, you know, the answer to that question, I mean, Embrace Age, um, hopefully will be known worldwide. Hopefully I will have, you know, finally got out of this country. I haven't travelled in such a long time. My bankruptcy, you know, put a nail in that coffin. I am, you know, I have a passport and I'm ready to use it. I want to be interviewing the women um that i admire and um i'm incredibly tenacious so let's say this time next year i will have interviewed everyone's favorite poster girl for embracing age and that's helen mirren
1: love that yes
0: why not to, go to the top yeah 100%. yeah, yeah I, no, I, st- you know, no
1: stranger to a, a cleavage uh, address she's either. pretty
0: awesome and i think that if i did have the sponsorship one of the crazy things that I would love to do with it would be to say to the famous people that I want to talk to, as well as the not famous women, I would love to be able to go, what's it going to take to interview you? I will take you anywhere in the world. Where would you like to go and I'll interview you there? Great. Wouldn't it be great? Because Helen Mirren could go, oh, I, I, we could be on the top of Victoria Falls in South Africa or, and I could get my sponsors to go, right, let's make that happen.
1: We've got Helen Mirren. She, We've wants got to go to be Mirren. she wants to be there.
0: We'll make that happen. Awesome. And I think that that would make for a great TV show. Um, and it just put an added, because they would be excited to talk to me and it wouldn't be one of those, oh my God, you've got the PR person going, you've only got another three minutes with her. Something along those lines. But definitely, um, hopefully I will have got a hell of a lot more women out there engaged in embracing their age and not worrying about the future and therefore penultimately the 20 and the 30-somethings will just see so many more older women out there and they will be able to breathe going, I don't need to be spending my entire wage because there's this, a lot of stuff of you know what lies above is what we're talking about, but the what lies beneath, two things before we finish, two things people don't know. Fastest growing rate of bankrupts in Australia? Young women in their 20s. Why? Pretty obvious. Because they can't keep up with their eyelash extensions, their clothing not wearing the same thing, their boob jobs, their everything that they pay for, they cannot afford, okay? Fastest growing rate of homelessness? Women my age. Women my age, because like me, I left school at 14. I don't have an education. They mothered their children. They were wives to their husbands. Their husbands divorced them. They're working at David Jones as a shop assistant. They lose that job. They're almost 60. They're two months away from being homeless. Too young for the pension. Too old to get another job. Scary things, Mm -hmm. right? I want to change that. I want younger women to be more empowered and spend less money. On all those things they think that they need to compete. And I want older women to have more confidence to, you know, go back to school, to become something else, to feel like like their life isn't over. Because at 55, the best years of my life are ahead of me.
1: Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure, gorgeous.